Israelites that we will deal with you trying to persuade you to come to an altar and give your heart, your life to God. But I wonder how many of you here tonight, you've made up your mind, I'm going to heaven. You've already settled it in your heart, I'm going to make it. I suppose one of the biggest battles that I've ever had to fight, I'm going to let you sit down in a little bit, but I've got to stand up a long time, so just tell the one next to you, just strengthen the feeble knees and stand up a little while. One of the hardest things that I have found to overcome and to cope with in the ministry is the fact that many of us spend so much time after the man out on the street that our children die and go to hell. This will be the 104th time that I have stood in a pulpit in a camp meeting or a youth camp of this type in the past 26, 27 years and after that many meetings have come and gone I've thought how we struggle to reach the man that hasn't made up his mind but I come to you tonight I want to talk to you that's already crossed over that's already settled some things with God, that's already made up your mind, look, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to make it. You're fortunate. I would to God that we could build a fence around you tonight. A place where the devil could not reach you. Oh, Brother Foss, I don't believe that you can get into that place Oh yes, there's a place in God that the lion's whelp has not trodden it by, the vulture's eye hath not seen it, and it belongs to God. You perhaps are not bothered with spiritualism, demon possession, the occult coming in off of the street. Not too long ago, our choir was singing, and I was sitting on the platform, and I felt a cold rush of air, and I looked at the swinging doors in the back of our church. In walked a man with a beard, one of these devil kind of beards, you know what I'm talking about. Shirt was open down just below his chest short sleeves, dressed in black, black cape on. girl was singing in our choir an old song that she had sung so many times. And when it come to the lead part, suddenly that song left her. 
And she looked at her husband who is the choir director and he said, come on, Marcy, sing. Blankly, she looked at him. What are we singing? What song are we singing? What happened to me? And I looked back and saw that man with his hands clasped, his eyes looking straight at that girl, perspiration coming off of him. I saw him trembling. I knew what had happened. I knew what was taking place. And then when the choir was over, time for me to walk to the pulpit, I felt that bombarding force of hell trying to reach me. But under my breath and in the presence of God, I said, the name of the Lord is a strong power. Hallelujah! I asked God quietly to let me step into that tower. I felt such an anointing, such a move of the Spirit, such a power of the Holy Ghost. That man watched me. He trembled. He moved from one side to the other. After the service was over, he come up there and said, I want to know what it is about you that's different than the rest of these. I said, nothing, sir, only I'm a child of the living God, and you cannot touch me. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He said, while the woman was singing, I took the song away from her. He said, I was going to take what you had to say away from you. But there was a shield around you that I could not penetrate. I believe that, sir. Hallelujah. I would like tonight in this youth camp, on the very first night, I would like to help you build a shield around you. That when the powers of darkness and the powers of hell and the powers of this world begin to try to penetrate you, they would find a seal that's unbreakable. It is the power, the glory, the name of the Lord. Let's love him for a little while. Would you do it? Come on. a revival at home, you know, Brother Foss, don't talk about home. Well, hey, I'm a homebody. When I get home, they're going to want to know about Mississippi. 
But uh, God has given us a great move in our church. We are in a city that has about a half a million Spanish-speaking people. And in the last few weeks, there's been a group come to our church that did not believe in the Holy Ghost. And God has begun to fill them with His Spirit. And there's about 10 or 12 that can't speak English that sit there and listen to me preach every night. Oh, Brother Frost, I wouldn't want that. Well, honey, quit giving to foreign missions if you don't want that. See, God knows what He's doing. He brought a boy in off of the street, fine young man, no Spanish ancestry at all. Five years ago, filled him with the Holy Ghost, can speak Spanish as fluent as anybody. And when they started coming, I said, Brother Raglan, sit over there bound. Tell them what I'm saying. I can't talk it, but you can. That was a young man, 26 years old, sitting over there, and Brother Raglan was talking to him, telling him everything I was saying with a group around him. That boy stopped him and said, don't say any more. Just let me see if I can feel what he's a feeling. And in about three minutes, he threw up his hands and God baptized him with the Holy Ghost. I believe that we're going to see that happen in this youth camp tonight. Hallelujah. God is not for you to carry around an altar. You do not have scripture for an altar bench in a church. It's the will of God for you while a man yet speaks that word that the Holy Ghost will fall on you and God will baptize you with His Spirit under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! I believe that. Nobody loves to dance with the music any more than I do. Holy Ghost music. But honey, if you really want to get in the honey in the rock, whenever that preacher's preaching, you get into that. And let that anointing that's on him reach out there and rest on you. And you will find out that God is real in every facet of worship. Every part of the work of God is real. Well, you're ready, but you're not ready for what I'm fixing to give you. And while I read the word of the Lord, I've talked long enough, my, the way I feel I could talk here for 
another hour, two hours. But what do you say? Well, let's talk a little while to the Lord and let's see what God's going to do in this place tonight. How many of you want the Lord to look your way? When I was courting my wife, how many of you know what the word court means? How many of you folks from the country wave at me? How many of you folks in the city wave at me? Well, I'm halfway in between. I'm a country slicker. Okay? But when I was courting my wife, oh, it would thrill me when I'd catch her looking at me out of the corner of my eye. I played a slide trombone in the Houston Symphony for about uh, seven or eight years, and uh, I never will forget the night I really caught her looking at me. I like to swallow that thing. <laughs> yeah. And did you know if you love the Lord and you catch Him looking at you, that'll be the greatest thrill that you ever had in your life? Right. Right. Hallelujah. So listen to what I'm saying tonight. Out of the book of Matthew, everybody stand while I read the word of the Lord. Out of the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 and verses 45, listen to the word of the Lord. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure. Everybody say treasure. Treasure. Hid in a field. The which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for the joy thereof goeth and sell all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Then we go to Mark chapter 12. Now of Mark chapter 12 verses 41 through verse 44. Notice the reading of the word of the Lord. And Jesus set over against the treasury. Everybody say treasury. And beheld how the people cast their money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. Everybody say rich. Now aren't those great words? All you rich folks, say amen. There you are. All you poor folks, say amen. I could tell you a little story here about the preacher that took up the offering. He said, 
the gospel's first preached to the poor. After he took up the offering, he says, you have arrived. <laughs> rich, rich, rich. They that were rich cast in much. There came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Do you understand what I read to you? Jesus stood over by the treasury and watched them drop in their money, their goods. He watched a woman come by and drop in two mites, equaled one farthing. And when he saw that, he caused his disciples around him and said, I want to tell you something. She's dropped in more than all of them. Let's go back to the 10th chapter and the 17th verse. into the way there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him good master what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life and then verse 19 Jesus said thou knowest the commandments do not commit adultery do not kill do not steal do not bear false witness defraud not honor thy father and thy mother and the young man said all this all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing, everybody say one thing. One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give it to the poor, and here comes that word again, treasure. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, take up the cross, and follow me. I could read other scriptures tonight. Buy of me gold tried in the fire. I want to talk to you for just a little while from a twofold subject I'll give this message tonight two names, and you title it what you want to. One, 
attracting the attention of God. Number two, I want to preach to you about the beggar's church. God, take your word tonight and do with it as you have desired. Let us talk to the hearts of these young people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. Everybody say the beggar's church. We start analyzing riches, the statement of riches, God's deployment of riches, how he looked at it. When God measures a man, he does not measure him in dollars and cents. How much money he has. And some of you young'uns will be broke before this week's over. Everybody say broke. How many of you ever been broke? Really broke? Alright, you know what I'm talking about. When God measures a man, he does not use as a criteria money. I listened to a millionaire a few weeks back as he made a statement. He said, I'd give everything I own to have peace in my heart. There's something about the Mississippi district. Every time I come to Mississippi, something strange happens back home. Almost every time that I come here, Going home a few years ago, we had a horrible accident going home from your camp meeting. Totaled a new car, broke my wife's foot, miracle that we wasn't killed. Year before last, the day I left, my phone rang. My wife said, honey, a certain man's trying to get a hold of you. Do you know him? I said, yes. I rode in the car with him a few days ago. He's, uh, and I called as soon as I got into Jackson. And my wife said, he's trying to reach you. And uh, she said, I told him you'd be gone for a week. And then in just a little while, she called back and said, honey, that man committed suicide just 30 minutes after he called for you. A man that sat in the car with me and I witnessed to him about the Holy Ghost. And in our witnessing to him, he told me, he said, I'd give everything that I owned 
said, I've got all holdings in Saudi Arabia. I've got holdings in Ecuador. I've got everything that a man would desire. I had driven over his huge, vast estate, thousands of acres, and I took time to talk to him. And I can see that blue t-shirt type attire that he had on with a sport uh, coat, kind of a cap sleeve on the short sleeve shirt that was under the coat, light blue with a dark blue binding around the collar. I can see the tears run down his face and wet that blue, and the blue where the tears dropped, it turned dark. And I looked at him and he said, I know that you're telling me the truth. He said, I'm a steward on the board of the First Methodist Church. He said, we raised our budget just last week, and our budget for our church was over $3 million. And he said, I gave, said, I'd give everything, but said, I don't feel what you feel and what you're saying. And he said, I'd give everything I own if I had that. So when God looks at a man and God begins to measure men, it doesn't matter to him how much you got or how much you're going to get or where you're going. He doesn't look at you in that measure. Nineteen times. A total of 30 times in the conversation of Jesus Christ, he mentioned riches. 11 times he was referring to money. 19 times he was referring to riches of a spiritual nature. I wonder if you and I could tonight put priorities where they ought to be and not put them where we would like to see them. God is not interested in what you've got. Great campground. But the first time I preached a camp meeting in Mississippi, it was in an old gymnasium, hot, a hot box if I was ever in one. Windows only up at the top, but oh, how God met with us in that place. The Spirit of God is not regulated by the decoration or by the size or by who's preaching or by who's there. I believe that in the eyes of God, there is no man elevated above others. We are all called men of God. But we measure things differently than God measures them. God's not interested in this tabernacle as far as His glory. 
if he was interested in if he was interested in an edifice he wouldn't stop at most Pentecostal churches you hear what I'm telling you he is not regulated by cars money stature or any such thing but there are some things that do attract the attention of God there are some things that cause God to stop and look and say I like what I see hallelujah Hallelujah. There are some things that attract his attention. Last year, as I left this campground in an automobile, I drove. I saw a beam of light shining out of the sky. And I looked and uh, I remarked, to the people in the car I said uh, what what in the world is that what could it be and they said oh it's somebody shining a light up in the sky from on the ground some kind of a spotlight they're working on a, a, a high line or something somewhere but as we got close by that was not the case it was a helicopter that was suspended it was circling and I watched that beam of light circle and that helicopter was circling over an open field out in away from buildings no town no city nearby and it was circling and it was kinda in a meadow and a, a, a valley a ravine type uh, terrain was there and, and uh, I slowed down and I wondered what what is he looking for? But it wasn't long till I saw down in the grass, down in the brush, I saw the top of an automobile and somebody was there with a jacket. They was waving. And when that beam of light struck that waving figure, it never moved again. It circled. The car had left the freeway, had gone down through the field and plunged into a creek. And there was somebody waving. Somebody help me. Oh, dear God, if we could wake up tonight and somebody on this campground while the Spirit and power and glory of God was hovering over us that somebody would wave something and say, God! Look my way. Honey, if you're here tonight and you're not feeling anything, and you're not 
touching God in any way. The songs don't reach you. The ministry doesn't reach you. The teachers doesn't reach you. The Spirit doesn't reach you. Dear God, when the Spirit hovers over this tabernacle, get somewhere and wave and say, God, here I am, here I am, here I am, touch me. Because you see, if God doesn't reach you, Brother King can't reach you, Brother Harris can't reach you, Brother Foss cannot reach you. It must be done by the divine presence of Almighty God. And somebody has got to attract his attention. Our choir director tonight, I couldn't help but pray. Let an anointing be on him. God, let it be on him. And he will transmit it to that choir. And then, God, you're going to look this way. Somehow, we're going to attract your attention. Oh, listen, sir. When we come to realize tonight that we don't have much longer, that we need to arise and shake ourselves and say, God, here I am, here I am, here I am. I'm sorry, but I must tell you this. If the United Pentecostal Church don't arise and wake up a sleeping giant that's within her walls, God is able of these stones to raise up children under Abraham somewhere. We've got to attract God and tell him, God, here we are. We're your children. You can give it to us. Let us have it. We've got to have it. We've got to have it. We've got to have it. Well, I'm telling you, sir, I'm sick and tired of hearing what the charismatics are doing. I'm sick and tired of hearing what the church world is doing. I'm tired of hearing people watching PTL. I believe that we can get to the place that we can wave a handkerchief, we can wave a flag in the eyes of God and tell him God. I'm sorry, honey, this is not youth camp preaching. But this is what I feel. You know, if I could take this choir director home, I would. This curly-headed piano player. I'd put him in my back pocket. And these girls that sing, I'd have problems getting some of them in my back pocket. But... Although my pockets are pretty good size. Yeah. Oh, but to hear them sing, to hear them rejoice, hear them love the Lord. 
Honey, we're not here to entertain you. We're not singing for you to like it. We're not singing for you to say, wasn't that beautiful? What we're singing, what we're doing, what we're saying is waving a flag at God! God! Here we are! Look here! Look here! We can't wait till tomorrow night. We can't wait till Wednesday night. We can't wait till Friday night. We've got to get his attention tonight. It's got to happen tonight. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somehow I feel the hovering of the Spirit of God. Brother King, the darkest scripture that I ever read in my life. Oh, I've read about Daniel in a lion's den. I read about Jonah in a whale's belly. I read about a man that went to hell. Oh, but when it told me that God said his eyes went to and fro all over the earth, that he searched to and fro, and he sought for a man. I was looking for somebody, and I couldn't find anybody. Oh, dear God, is that going to be the case in this youth camp, that I sought for somebody that I could give an infusion of revival to, and revival would come here, but I couldn't find a man. Brother Foss, I would like to attract the attention of God. What are you going to do to attract His attention? You know, the things that attract Him, it's not always the spectacular. It's not always the big things. It's not things that's out of reach of the ordinary man. But it's things that most anybody can do. He went to Bethany. There he went to visit Mary and Martha. And a woman had saved a box that was called an alabaster box. It was saved. It was full of ointment, myrrh, spikenard of oil. And it was her treasure. And somehow there was an urging in her system, in her heart. Somehow there was something about her. And the scripture is being fulfilled tonight. I did not intend to talk about her. But when she felt that urge to take that box and walk over to the Lord and break it and let it start dripping down over his head, he wasn't caring about who served him. He wasn't 
caring about the tables. He wasn't caring about the house. But when he felt that awe run down over him, and somebody said, she shouldn't have done it. She, he said, look, you've got the poor with you always, but you don't have me. And what she's done has attracted me that forever the gospel is preached, wherever the message is preached, it will be preached as a memorial unto her. Honey, it wasn't raising the dead. It wasn't healing the sick. It wasn't giving of everything. It was just a little act from the heart. God, I don't have much, but what I've got, I want to give it to you. Hallelujah. You know, when he walked in the church that day, why did he go over by the treasury? Because he said, where your treasures are, that's where your heart is. So he went over close to the heart and he got over there. Here come men by and Brother Howell, they throwed in their money. Others came by and throwed in money. Here come the rich and they gave what they wanted. They didn't, it didn't hurt them. They, uh, and let me say it, brethren. Very few of us know what sacrificial giving is. You really don't know what it is to sacrifice. Very few of us has ever given everything that we had. You might have given what you had in your pocket, but the bank, the savings, under the scarf at home, somewhere, there was some somewhere else, and we walked by and we would throw it in. That's what he meant when he said, the rich give of their want. Whatever they want, they give it. But he watched them. Nothing seemed to faze him. Nothing seemed to worry him. But there are some things that attract his attention. And in walked the little widow woman. And nobody even knew who she was. They didn't even call her by her name. There was no recognition that this was uh, Martha, Mary, Susie, Janie, Rebecca, Lois. Nobody even thought about a name. But here was the money being thrown in. And she walked by and dropped in. Two mites that made a farthing. When she did something in the heart of God, come here. Come here. You disciples, come here. I'm teaching. 
teaching you some things I want you to see. Come here. No doubt Peter and John, James, thought somebody's put in a bundle. But when they got over there, there was two mites. And he said, I want you to look at it. Everything she had, she gave it. That's all of it. But she gave more than all of them. It attracted his attention. You see, he healed so many people one particular day. They was bringing their sick out there. They was bringing people to be touched, people to be healed. And a little woman that had spent everything you see there's something about it desperation for the king has a tendency to draw the attention of God and the woman had spent everything she had and she didn't get out there and wave a flag I'm coming to be prayed for you know, I've got people in my church that as sure as I have prayer, they're going to get up and walk down the aisle. Oh, but if it takes it for them to make it, let them walk down the aisle. I'll touch them with the oil. I'll lay hands on them. Something about them, they, they want to feel that. But this little woman said, I don't even want to him to know that I'm here wouldn't it be beautiful if we could sing if we could preach with that spirit but I don't even want him to know who I am don't even want anybody to tell him I don't want anybody to know anything about me oh I am so sick of fanfare Brother Harris, when you introduce me from this night on, don't say a word about me. Just say, take it, Brother Foss. I don't want you to get up and say I'm a great man because I'm not anything. In the eyes of God, I'm just a man. The little woman. No doubt somebody told her, you have done everything in the world. Let me go and tell Jesus about you. No, he wouldn't have time for me. I'm a nobody. Nobody cares about me. I'm nothing. Nobody would even take time to stop. I've been cursed. I've got an issue of blood. It can't be stopped. The physicians just took everything I've got. No, he wouldn't have time for me. But there's something about the beggar. There's something about the spirit of a beggar that does something to the heart of God. And she said, I'm broke. I don't have anything. I don't have anything to offer him. And so... There's no need but something inside of her said if you can just get 
to him. You don't have to tell him who you are. He doesn't have to know what's wrong. It doesn't have to be a big display. All you have to do is just get close to him. And she said, if I can get close enough that I can just stand up. Right over there. If I can just get close enough in back of him or he won't see me. I don't want to say anything to him. I just I don't even want to touch his flesh. All I need to do is just touch the hem of a garment and I will be healed and he won't know anything about it. People was crowded around him. They was jostling him. They was bumping him. People was running over him. Some sick said, here I am. The first time somebody shoved her aside, she reached out and she missed him. But in a minute, those fingers touched, just touched a garment. And when she touched him, there was something went all over her. There was something happened inside of her. There was a move of God's Spirit. The healing virtue of God touched her. But that's not all. He stopped. Honey, she got his attention. Hallelujah. He stopped. He said, somebody... disciples said how can you say that there's so many around you there's so many people touching you how can you say that one touched me he said but wait a minute this was a different kind of a touch there was something besides just somebody bumping into me I felt that virtue has gone out of my body and I want to know I feel somebody just about to touch. Keep trying, son. Keep trying, honey. You... Now, and preach yourself down till you get wet. Honey, the way I'm a-feeling, how can you keep from preaching your heart out? How can you keep from giving it everything you got? Oh, listen, sir, there's something about what's going on in this tabernacle that's different than most youth camps. There's a different kind. There's a deeper kind. There's a depth of spirit that you don't usually feel. Yesterday morning, I was teaching, and there was a blind girl in our church. I'd never seen her before. 
after church was over somebody said brother Foss the young woman back here wants to meet you somebody told me the other day said brother Foss that's what we appreciate about you when service is over you come back and try to meet folks and you try to make us know that you love us and said uh, where we came from the pastor never left the pulpit he never left the platform he never come down and spoke to anybody dear God what's the matter with you man hey do you hear what I'm saying that's your sheep come on this woman come and said this, this girl wants to talk to you you know here I am <clears throat> I'm fixing to go preach a youth camp Mississippi and I've got to preach tonight we've got special guests in the service tonight I've got to get ready to preach I don't have time to go down there and, and fool my time away with an 18 19 year old girl and I got down there blind had a cane weeping blind eyes shedding tears tears running down her face and I said yes ma'am I'm Brother Foss I'm the pastor of this church she said I've never felt what I have felt today and she said I couldn't get up to where they put their money and she said I didn't have much but she said I want to give this to the Lord and she placed it in my hand and said that's all I have I counted it by the king 14 cents 14 cents I felt so dirty when she put that in my hand I felt filthy she said one more thing I've got to go back to the hospital at 8 o'clock tonight she said if I can get these folks to bring me back she said, I've never been here before. But she said, I heard you talk about his name, Jesus, and that you baptized in his name. She said, if I can come back, would you baptize me? Oh, God. I said, sure, honey. She said, well, how can you? Church starts at 7. I've got to be back at 8. I said, when you get here, I don't care what's happening. We'll baptize you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, furthermore, I want you to keep your money. I have counted it. And I accept it in the stead of the Lord but I promise you 
that I will put many times more than that in the offering in your name as a gift to Jesus Christ. She opened her hand. I put it back in her hand. And I didn't feel dirty anymore. Seven o'clock. There was the choir ready. Programs had been printed. Everything was in order. No lost motion. No need of an MC. The choir was to start the service with a certain song. Certain things were supposed to happen. The only intervention was to be the intervention of the Holy Ghost. And I saw a white king come in the back door. I said, everybody stand, please. I had instructed somebody ahead of time. Take her to be dressed for baptism. I never felt such a service and a sweetness in my life. When she come up out of that water, in that dark, blind world, she come out of that water speaking in tongues. Somehow, over and above the presidents of companies, over and above influential men, over and above money men, the little blind woman with 14 cents had attracted the attention of God. God had me set up this year. I don't like for people to set me up for things and then uh, take advantage of it. But God set me up this year. I went into a foreign country and our youth director and myself, another young couple out of our church, and it was only God. I couldn't speak the language and none of us could. And uh, when we got off the plane at the airport, I had known that President Carter was to be there. And to my amazement, he was in the same hotel that we were in. Sarah Vance stayed just two rooms down from where I stayed. Oh, you know, that makes me something. Man, I slept on the same floor, on the same floor that the Secretary of State slept, you know. I shouldn't wash my feet for a week because I walked where he walked. Hey, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I had a girl come to church that shook hands with one of the rock and roll fellows about ten years ago when Elvis Presley was in his prime. He came to the uh, Coliseum in Houston, and of all things, the Pentecostal down to a rock and roll service. Honey, we rock, we roll. Whew. I shouldn't have said that. Honey, some of our churches, if the Spirit don't get you, the music will. <laughs> 
she come to church and she was holding her hand. And I said, what in the world is the matter with you, Vivian? She says, oh, I shook hands with Elvis last night. So strange. So strange. I saw the senator from our state, Lord Benson, coming out of the building. I spoke to him. I said, Mr. Benson. He said, yes, I can tell from your long draw. You're from Texas. I said, yes, sir. I live in Houston. I'm a minister there. He walked over to me and took me by the hand. And my youth director took the picture. But he didn't get the words. Lord Benson said, if you ever prayed, Reverend, you need to pray today. He didn't tell me what about. Just, you need to pray. I stepped off of the plane. Had a prearranged taxi cab to meet us. Lo and behold, the boy spoke English. Going to be here about four days. His name was Jim. I said, can we hire you to just show us around? We don't want to fool with these tours. We just want to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Hire your cab. Yeah. How much? He told us. And uh, he, he said, you're a reverend. He said, I know something you want to see. God was setting me up. He had it prearranged. I didn't know what was going on. He took me to a church. I walked in. Church had twelve pillows, twelve rooms, one for every apostle. I never saw so much gold in all my life. Gold. Statues that started at the floor. Forty and fifty feet high. Solid walls. Solid statues. Gold. Gold. The organ. Honey, you would have died to see that organ. The pipes filled the whole top of the cathedral. They were gold. I looked at them. There was guards there. At the base of every pillow in the city cathedral, you could see a square block with an iron eye in it. And you could lift that block out. They had men there. You couldn't they wouldn't let you look in there. And I kept looking around and I saw a man open one of those blocks and he set it down and he walked away. When he walked away, I walked over and I looked in and I looked into a dungeon. There was a ladder. There was wet prints on a stone block stone nothing else in there piece of stone big enough for a man to lay on damp water on the floor a ladder that they drew out 
when they closed it. I backed away and I said, God, God, I'm so glad I know you and I know the truth. And I'm glad that I found you. This man said, hurry. We've got to go across the city. Quite a large city, 13 million in population. I said, okay. He took me to the basilica. The Pope had been there just a week before. Over a half a million had been there. I walked in. When I walked in the night before, when I was out on the street, we had gone to eat. I saw a mother, dirty clothes, barefooted. I saw two little girls, one about two, one about four, filthy, barefooted. One of them had to use the bathroom. The only bathroom she had was between the fender of a car and the curb. I come back by there about one o'clock in the morning. There laid the mother on the sidewalk, two little girls laying on cardboard. We woke up the mothers, we walked by. She shook the little girls. Wake up, whatever, however she said it, she shook them. And the little girl walked over to me, begging. There was no way that I could say no. I reached in my pocket. I got American money. Many times, if I went and changed it, one of my dollars was worth 21 of theirs. And I, I took American money. I put it in that little dirty palm that little dirty hand. She looked at me. The mother nodded. She began to gather her stuff up. When I got to the basilica, I got to a church. In come people with floral offerings. I'll never forget it. Some of those flowers were ten feet high. Handmade beautiful images looked like a parade of flowers bringing them to the church I watched others walk up drop their money into a round thing and the Lord said treasury I said God what are you doing to me it wasn't the rich it wasn't men with money but I had gone to a beggar's church. No children fooling around. There they knelt. The priest doing what he does. Long flowing white robes. I watched an old man walk up to him with a gold piece about so big and he offered it to him. He offered it to him. 
And that priest shook his head and pushed him out of the way. I watched that old dirty man with tears running down his face. He stood there with his gold teeth. And I wanted to say, take it to Jesus. But I didn't know how. Jim said, 10,000 people. Our church in Houston is built in a fan shape. Five sections. Here was this big, most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. It had seven sections. Seated 12,000. There was 10,000 in that beautiful semicircle. Marble, onyx, gold. Come here. Come here. I walked outside. Here come the flowers. I said, I've never seen anything like this. But then I looked over there. And I saw old, young, little, big, on their knees walking not on carpet hard rough concrete cobblestone I said what are they doing Jimmy said going to the altar God had set me up, my friend. Because I said, where did they come from? He said, who knows? Down the boulevard, some of them as much as two miles, walk on their knees. I walked over. He said, they come up that flight of stairs. And the flight of stairs was as high as the tabernacle. Long flight of stairs. I walked over and looked down the stairs. Coming up the stairs was a mother. Two little dirty girls. She was on her knees. In her hands were 75 cents in American coins. Her knees bleeding. Everywhere she put a knee. There was a spot of blood. Somebody got in front of her and laid her coat down. I couldn't stand it. I started bawling like a baby. There was the beggar and my coins going to church. hardly make it. Somebody got under one arm. Somebody under the other. Come on. Laid another coat out. Tears running down her face. Where are you going? 
the altar. I wonder what would happen in this youth camp tonight if that kind of a spirit could get a hold of we rich with everything and we could come into the presence of God and we could take a trip to a beggar's church and say, God, here I am, everything, whatever you want, whatever it is, here I am, God, take me! I got home, I preached what I'm preaching to you tonight. I saw a little woman stand up in our audience. She walked down the aisle. Brother Paul, just six months ago, I made that trip to the Basilica. They told me that if I had enough money, I could put the money in the treasury that my little girl who has such a rare disease that God might heal her. She said, I walked up the steps. I walked up across that courtyard. I walked in to where that place was. I've been there, but I didn't get anything. I lifted up her hands. I said, honey, if you just ask him, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Hands raised in just a moment. The Lord filled her with the Holy Ghost. In about 10 minutes, the sick little girl was filled with the Holy Ghost and God healed her. Her 12-year-old boy got the Holy Ghost that night. Her husband's got the Holy Ghost since because she dared to be part of a beggar's church. Oh! If we could humble ourselves in the sight of God! I wonder what this camp would turn out to be tonight. If we had not care what anybody thought. If I wouldn't care what you think, Brother Harry. I enjoyed working with you last year and I wanted to do it this year. But if I could get to where I didn't care. If I could say, Brother King, I don't care. I don't care. Brother Edwards met me. He said, Brother Foss, we're so glad you're on our campground. Oh, but if I could get to where I didn't care that I could just go to a beggar's church. I'm telling you, I've never preached like this in a youth camp. I've never felt what I'm feeling right now. 
and there's something going on in this place tonight. missionaries are born. This is the kind of night that a soul is lifted out of the pits of hell and put in touch with God. Would you care to go with me tonight to the beggar's church? I don't have much to offer, but what I have, I'll give it to you.
anybody to come yet? Please, it's come. That's all right. Just lift up your hands and sit there for a moment. Do you really want him to look your way tonight? You really want him to look your way tonight? Sing it. Sing it, sing it, sing it. Bring all your needs. I want to come. I want to come. I promise you when you do. Disappointed because he has what you're looking for. Would you stand with me? Nobody coming yet. Just stand. Go on, talk to him a little while. Talk to him. Never been like this before. Never been this way before. when you get here. Make up your mind what you're asking for that you're going to have it. Because in the cause of this chorus, when this chorus is over, I want you to come to the baggage church. Take his garment. Put what you've got into it and see what he'll do for you tonight. All right, if you want to come, come right now. I'm not going to wait. If you want to come, come now. This is not for those that don't care. You're here just for a good time. Don't go. Bring on 
asking for our business to come now. Come on and gather in. Mingle among these cappers. Many of you are ministers. Gather in among these. Lay your hands on them and pray for them. Come on. Come on. Everybody, we're asking for your cooperation. Come right on, everybody. We need you tonight. We need you tonight. Come right on in, everybody that can. We're asking you to get as close as you can. And then reach your hands toward heaven. And call upon the Lord tonight. Come on, call upon the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. the ship right on to the side around here. All the girls are in the aisle. Come right on around this way. Come right on. Move the chairs back if you need to a little bit. Get in close. Worship the Lord tonight. Come on, let's pray the Holy Ghost down tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everybody seek the Lord tonight. 